Welcome to the Blister Podcast, a program dedicated to interesting people, the great outdoors, and a bunch of other stuff we like. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. New Year's resolutions are not something that I personally have ever really gotten into, and they've never been part of my annual preparation for the beginning of a new year. But a recent conversation with Brendan Leonard of Semirad.com fame really got me thinking that maybe I should start being more creative about New Year's resolutions and goals and seeing if they might become more than another obligation or some chore that would almost certainly just become a source of guilt. So specifically, what prompted this is that, unbeknownst to me, Brendan had very quietly committed himself before the start of 2019 to run 52 marathons in 52 weeks. And while I talked to Brendan all the time, I had no idea that he was doing this and that he was really, truly, actually doing this until quite recently. And so I recorded a conversation with Brendan where I peppered him with questions about how and why he decided to do this. And we got into the details and the ins and outs of his very creative approach to a pretty big and very cool goal. So anyway, what we are doing here in this episode is posting the conversation that I had with Brendan on Blister's running podcast called Off the Couch. And if you haven't yet checked out Off the Couch, you should, because we keep hearing from truly hardcore runners that they really like the show. And I am very happy to report that we also keep hearing from people who are non-runners or very, very, very occasional runners that they are really enjoying the show too. So anyway, check it out and subscribe to Off the Couch if you haven't already. And then what we're going to be doing is very soon, as in probably next week, we'll be posting a series of short interviews that I've been having with other Blister reviewers and some other folks we like about their own take on New Year's resolutions and some of the creative goals that they are setting for themselves. But today, and right now, here is the conversation that served as the catalyst for all of this, my talk with Brendan Leonard about running 52 marathons in 52 weeks. So please enjoy and let us know in the show notes to this episode what goals or resolutions you are thinking about or have already set for yourself for this brand new decade that we are quickly approaching. Here we go. Well, Brendan, nice to be officially talking with you on tape it is good to have you back on Off the Couch, and it is particularly good because I personally just found out and was quite surprised to learn what you have somewhat sneakily been up to over this year. So why don't we just start there? Tell me about this plan and project of yours that you have actually just completed. Well, that sounds like a big deal. Uh, <laughs> it is. I mean, so I turned 40 this year and I don't know I don't really remember exactly why I decided this would be fun but <laughs> I decided to run I, I thought I'm gonna try to run 52 marathons in 2019 so yeah I mean it wasn't like uh it wasn't like 22 marathon races which is funny I actually looked up the definition of a marathon in the dictionary <laughs> and it's it actually says race so I'm like oh okay well I just ah. maybe I didn't do what I thought I did so <laughs> anyway in the span of uh 2019 starting I think I started on January 2nd at my parents house in Iowa and just ran um just clocked my own marathons um and recorded them all on Strava so they yeah finished three weeks early so I like put some in the bank early on you know um because I figured I would get sick or there would be a gap in there because I like would get some sort of injury and it actually went pretty smoothly and yeah so I finished in the fifth um and when I, th I thought I was thinking about doing like a sort of a big deal and like having some friends who had run marathons with me this year and have them down, like do some sort of big party. And then I thought, oh, maybe I'll, maybe not. That's seems really, 
a lot of logistics and I don't really want to mess with that. And, and then I thought, oh, maybe I'll put together like some sort of special route and, you know, go between like three or four donut shops or, and just kind of take it easy. And then it was like I had done number 51 on Monday, December 2nd. And I was just like, God, I just want to get this over with. And December <laughs> December 5th, it was um, drizzling and raining. It wasn't when I started, but an hour and a half into it, which it takes me four and a half hours to run a marathon, pretty much, pretty standard. Um, and it just started misting. It was 40 degrees when I started. It was like 35 when I finished. And I was like, this is the way. I mean, this is perfect. This is the way it should end. I should be out here by myself running circles around this stupid little lake in City Park like an idiot. Like like the idiot that I am. Like, yeah, this is the way to do it. And then go home and be done and basically have a very not, it's not a big deal. Let's go get a pizza. And yeah, that, that was the project, I guess. I think we might have to start calling you No Big Deal Leonard. I, don't, it, I mean, I, I have, I, I under, I think that nickname might be taken by somebody, but, um, you know, it's okay. You could be like No Big Deal Junior, something I, like that. The second. I just think when you like, if you were, try, if you were trying to, if I sat down next to somebody on a plane and said, yeah, I ran 52 marathons last, last year, somebody would be like, Oh yeah. Well, have you heard of these people? Cause I, in, in researching and I found so many people, like a lot of more than one person has done 52 marathon races in a year, which is this whole other logistical thing, you know, where you're like traveling every weekend and you have to, you know, if I start running a marathon on a Tuesday and I'm like, man, I'm not feeling today. I can just quit and try again on Thursday or Friday, you know? And like, if it's raining on Friday, I can run one on Saturday or whatever. And you know, I, I, I just found out about two guys who have been trying to run 5,200 mile races in a year this year. And they, I think they both did it. So you're kind of going, oh, wow. Yeah, I was, what I did was pretty chill. Okay, cool. You know, <laughs> it's great. Okay, but given, given that, I mean, everything, right, it is all relative for sure. But given that I still think of you as kind of like, I mean this as no, I don't mean this to sound offensive, uh, so please don't take it that way. But I think of you as like normal guy. You're like mm-hmm. normal guy runner, and so by the standards of normal guy runner, this is really quite something, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like well, if I, yes, like definitely speed wise, I am definitely a normal normal runner. I don't know. I think I think about it like. The point is not that people should try to repeat it for me. Like if I, if I were to start, you know, saying like communicating that I did this and like, I don't know, maybe it'll inspire people. I don't think it's a really good idea for most people, especially if you have kids and like a lot of things going on in your life. Cause it's like five hours every week and you know, but I, I mean the fact, the fact is it's pretty doable. And I guess when you start looking around at people who are doing things that are way bigger than that, suddenly what you're doing becomes pretty possible. And yeah, like, I think this is like, I do think normal people could do this, you know? Um, and I consider myself to be very normal. So you really, I mean, you think about how many hours it took throughout the year and it's like, I mean, so I ran like 40 miles a week, including a marathon every, every week. So what is that? That's like seven hours. So if I were a person who went to the gym four days a week to work out and okay, so it's like an hour and 45 minutes at the gym every four days a week or something like that. So it's just like cramming all your gym time into one, one day. (laughs) Wait a minute. What's this about you were running 40 miles a week? Total. Just like, so 26.2 close to the weekend. And then I'd run like twice the rest of the week, like an eight mile run and a six mile run or, you know, I still like at the end of the year, I will not have hit 40 miles a week for the entire year. So according to my Strava stats, I'm like just under 2000 miles. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll try to get to 2080 just to, just to call it an even 40 miles a week. And I thought, ah, what the hell? Why would I do that? (laughs) So I'm just kind (laughs) of, just kind of jogging into the new year here. Let's back up for a sec. You claim that you did this, your motivation, the one word answer was for fun. You Mm. thought this would be fun. I want to press you on that a little bit. I'm not sure I'm totally, because, you know, I know you a bit. I know some of the ways, some of the things that you think are fun, and we're in agreement on some of those things and things we like. I can't say that I've ever been like had the thought, you know, it would just be fun 
and then answered with 52, you know, marathons in 52 weeks. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe there's something else going on. And I think you've already touched on it perhaps a little bit, but you want to take a second pass at this uh, motive of yours? Uh, I mean, <laughs> don't you think everything is, like almost everything is sort of fun in retrospect? You know, we talk about type two fun, but I think about like, I think about people reminiscing on when they were young and didn't have any money. You know, like I think about those times a lot. I'm doing okay now. I'm not rich, but I definitely can afford to go out for a cup of coffee. And there were times in my life when I couldn't afford that. And you, but you do look back on them as like this sort of nostalgia, like, oh, I was young and stupid and didn't have any money and it was miserable. And I lived in that crappy apartment and it was so loud and I couldn't sleep, you know. So I think it is just, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I just wanted to see what would happen. Yeah, it's it's cool. I, I mean, it, it really becomes, um, I don't know, it was a cool weekly thing to do and figure out when I was going to do it and where I was going to be. And um, I did several of them inside hundred uh, mile races or a hundred K race. So I, and this is like, I talked to my friend Forrest early in the year and said, I think what I'm going to do is just count the hundred mile race as one marathon because I sort of won't, you know, I'm going to just keep going after 26.2. And he goes, I don't think you should do that. I think you should stop <laughs> your watch and start it again and then count it as as many, you know, so I would get three marathons out of a hundred mile race. And I think, yeah, I th it was great to talk to him about that. I'm really glad he stepped in and said that because I'd still be running marathons right now if I if I didn't do that. So <laughs> thank thank God for Forrest. Yeah, and I had another yeah. buddy, another buddy I run with say, oh, I don't know about that. And I go, you know what, dude? When when you when you do it, I invite you to do it in any style you believe is appropriate. But this year, this is what I'm doing. So you know great and i think there's all you know you just like you imagine like somebody picking at it like well yeah but you didn't run races and I'm like yeah well does that count and then i and then i look up the dictionary definition and go yeah marathon is looks like it is sort of technically a race so i don't know not whatever just man covering, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well no this this is what i think is fun though right and it is also cool because literally every single one of us can you know and and as you have noted i mean a lot of people have done their own version of this. And I actually really like that. Like the idea of like, okay, new year, I'm just going to make up my own random thing I'm going to do and I'm going to define the parameters or I'll go, you know, ask my wise friend Forrest uh, to help me define the parameters. And I like that. And I think um, it's setting a good example and probably more of us should, uh, you know, follow suit. So I, I still would like to I'm still curious about just this parameter defining stuff. You, you know, so you did say, okay, dictionary definition, marathon equals a race. You're, for your book, you're going to say, I'm going to cover 26.2 miles. Mm -hmm. How much of this program of yours evolved in 2019? Or did you already come in? Like, was the conversation with Forrest, was that, was that all, I mean, it sounds like that was already in 2019. You were kind of on your way. And he was like, hey, man, you should count these 100 milers as three marathons. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember when that was. I think it was in probably February or January. Yeah. I don't know if it's the inspiration for it, but we ran a, a marathon around New York City last September, October, where we went to, we ate a slice of pizza every five miles stop at a pizza joint and get a slice of pizza and after that i sort of looked back at my year and i i, I looked and i saw that i had run the marathon distance i think eight or nine times without even really trying you know i would just go out on a long run and you know end up wow i somehow did that and i think i did one 50 mile race last year so i'm like oh i wonder wonder how if i could do 26 or 52 and 52 seemed seemed a little more difficult for me i'm curious what is the range of your runs look like these days like are you ever going out for a three mile or five mile run or it's like if you're bothering to put on running shoes you're already up at that a six or an eight mile run five minimum i think because five minimum yeah. it's like i'm almost a mile to city park from my house and then it's three miles around the park and then i come back so and sometimes i'll take the dog with me and his range is getting i'm not sure what his motivation is so <laughs> and I would do this. I would do this for some of the marathons too, where I'd like take off out the door of my running vest and take Ralph for the first five miles. And sometimes when we start heading back home, he gets really slow and then he'll like stop to take a, take a dump and I'll like, okay, I'll pick that up. And I'm like running a marathon. Uh, 
and then I'll drop him off and like, you know, just open the door, let him in, take his leash off and then take off and run the other 21 miles or whatever. So occasionally now he's like good after two miles. So I'll come back to the house, drop him off and then go run some more. But Interesting. Yeah. So your, your marathons involve quote unquote, walking the dog, cleaning up after the dog, dropping the dog back off and then getting back to our regularly scheduled programming of the run. Some of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. You any other details on this? Like, would it count if you did like thirteen and then went and got lunch and then you know ran the the other thirteen? I mean, I don't know. Like, what is what's funny is like you think about it, and some of these like there's significant walking because they were in the mountains. You know, I was working on a, a guidebook, um, yeah, a hiking guidebook, and uh, my buddy had come out from Iowa and was, it was his first time up Long's Peak and we had, it was a pretty busy day up there. And I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to go up Long's Peak with you. And then if I, you know, go do this other section of trail that's off, off to the side of this other uh, thing called Estes Cone, I can probably get pretty close to 26 miles. So I think I'll just count that as my marathon for the week. And, and we're up there, you know, and it's like, you're not running up this technical terrain, you know, uh, at 14,000 feet or 13.5 or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, I'm walking. And I'm like, yeah, how much of a marathon can you walk before it's not a marathon? And I think, <laughs> you know what, there's tons of people who walk parts of marathons and I'm yeah, not, I'm not sure. going to go, Oh yeah, but you walked yeah, like five miles. Like that doesn't yeah. count. It's like you know, yep. people. No one is running a hundred percent of these, and I don't know what the what the official rule is, you know. But you definitely. I'm like, oh, did you did you uh, stop and walk when you were drinking water out of a cup? Because right. it's pretty hard to not to. But a lot of people don't. Yeah, um, for sure. The people at the front of the pack are two nineteen marathoners are not stopping to walk, but you know, the rest of us pretty much are yeah. so but yeah I mean there's a couple where we stopped and got donuts like two or three times um different spots and like just recently we ran, I ran into a Starbucks to get to fill up my water bottles because all the water fountains at Washington Park had been shut off yeah you know it's I don't know I'd like if you're doing one marathon or two marathons a year and that's your big deal like yeah of course you're trying to go as fast as possible but I was like I'm in for the long haul I'm not like I'm gonna sort of I'm just gonna do the miles I'm not gonna like try to bust my ass and like have a PR every week. So I don't, I don't think I could. I actually, Forrest got in my head uh, because we did this 100K together and he was kind of saying, yeah, but you could try to run fast. And I'm like, yeah, maybe next year or whatever. And like, he's like, yeah, no, I think you could be faster. And like, we talked about it for a while and I was mostly just like butting heads with him. Like, nah, what's the point? I don't even find that interesting, blah, blah, blah. And, and three weeks later, something like that, I, I was like, just woke up, started running from my house and was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go fast today. And it was like my fastest marathon ever. It was like 347. And I was, I was in so much pain. Like huh. that night I was like, God, no wonder I don't do this every week. My legs are fucking killing me. And like, it was exhausting. So I'm like settled in a pretty much like, I think 10 minute miles is a pretty comfortable pace for me. And I would, I would do like 420, 430, you know, like when it was super hot in the summer, I was, I would stop and walk for like a quarter mile or a half mile when it got into like 18, 19 miles. And I was just like, holy shit, I'm, I may not make the rest of this. And one of them I engineered. So I just like ran directly into the 7-Eleven a couple blocks from our place. And I haven't had a soda in like three years. And I walked in there and just like went straight to the soda fountain and was like getting an ice cold Coke and was just walking home like the happiest guy in the world. Like just clicked my watch right outside of 7-Eleven. I was like, yeah. You do actually like rules and structure in your life. Like there's a weird, you know, some things you're very much, you want the freedom and then you have, and this is a good mix, I think. But what happens if like you're out there running and, and you do get to like 18 or 19 or 20 miles done and then you got to leave? Could you pick up the next day and get the 6.2? Yeah, in the same clothes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, totally <laughs> in the same day. And like, I mean, okay. what, what would be the longest I stopped for? You know, like, I don't know that I don't know that we would have stopped for more than 15 minutes ever um, that I would have stopped for more than 15 minutes ever in any of those. And. Yeah, you know, like I ran down the Long's Peak Trail to the car and stopped and filled up all my water bottles. And yeah, that was probably like five minutes, you know. Um, but yeah, like 
I just did one with uh, my friend Ryan Van Duzer. He does interviews while he's running and put it on his YouTube channel. And we we straight up went into a donut shop and sat down and ate the donuts and then filled up our bottles and then took off for the last three miles or whatever. So, yeah, you stop in a little bit. But uh, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think I could finish the next day. I don't think that counts. No, you know, I definitely I definitely sat down for 15 or 20 minutes in the middle of a hundred mile race um, oh, where yeah. I would be yeah, like yeah. where I'd be. 10 miles into a quote unquote mar- like marathon number two. And that would be the aid station where I met Hillary and I would stop and take my shoes off and switch out my socks and like everything. And those, those sorts of things I think probably took 20 or 25 minutes. So yeah, maybe that was the biggest section you stopped at, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think doing them over. Cause then where, then where's your, where's your, <laughs> when do you stop? You're like, yeah, I ran a marathon this week. How long did it take you? Well, six days. Uh, but but yeah. but I didn't change clothes. Yeah, exactly. So I th- I Disgusting. actually think this <laughs> this might be the way I I get this done. You know, if I ever if I ever you know attempt something like this, the rules just well I didn't change clothes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's uh, there's there's some there's some tough tough elements to those logistics, especially for those you know in my life, but. Uh, we'll see. I, I, like I said, hey, there is no right or wrong, right? This is to each his own. Yeah, I mean, to <laughs> to a certain extent, I never stop. I never stop my watch. That was one of the things. You know, I would never, I would never pause the time to like take a break. I was like, you know what? If you got to stop and use the bathroom in the middle of a real marathon, they're not. Nobody's stopping the watch for you. Then they don't. You know, there's no chip timer thing. Although Strava, um shows your moving time so i mean the the marathon i did with my buddy over long's peak you know we were stopping and waiting and um it was his first time above like fourteen thousand feet so he was he was you know he, he was a champ um but it was taking taking a while so that marathon i think took like over 12 hours but when i uploaded to strava it says like 757 or something like that so because it just does your moving time um which i think i think is sort of deceptive and training for long things but uh yeah i think you can switch it if you change the run to a race in the settings but i didn't really want to do that so i don't know i think if you click through maybe it shows that anyway it's like whatever that was my my deal was i didn't stop the watch until i was done with 26.2 so Eating donuts and running. I have never done that in my life. And it seems like you've done that a lot. Like when we talk about you as kind of maybe normal guy runner, I actually think maybe you have a eating donut kind of, you're like a professional when it comes to like eating donuts and running. I just am not sure. I mean, like I love donuts. I'm not sure though that I could like eat the donut and then go run really any miles, let alone maybe a number of them. You know, uh, the opening chapter of Dean Karnaz's book, Ultra Marathon Man, is him ordering a pizza in the middle of his, it's like a he's running uh, out north of uh, the Bay Area in Petaluma, California. And he's, he gets, he, he became famous for this, like ordering pizzas and they would be, he'd have them delivered to like an intersection out in the country where he'd be running by and he would tell the, the people on the phone, don't cut the pizza because I need to, and he would roll it up like a burrito and just eat this entire pizza while running. So to me, a donut is like nothing compared to that guy's a hero, man. And he's way That's faster. True. He's way faster than me and most <laughs> other people. So hmm. if he can eat a pizza, I can surely take down a donut. If I'm going to start eating donuts and running, are we going, like, do you recommend the plain, kind of the old fashioned plain donut? Are there ones that go better than others? in your own experience whatever whatever works for you i actually did a blog post about why apple fritters are good as endurance oh, yeah. fuel so yeah. it's like they're pretty close to a lot of stuff you know it's not really i mean I, I think the only guideline you need if you're running long distances and eating like what kind of food should i eat i'm like something that doesn't make you stop and have to use the bathroom multiple times like anything is fine you know to a point i mean of course you just want carbohydrates and and fat and it sounds seems to me like a little bit of protein too but uh you know it's like you can't really go wrong i mean you don't want to be trying to cram down a spinach salad but but like yeah whatever works man i don't know things that work for me don't necessarily work for other people now i want to ask you a bit about you weren't exactly you know advertising this project of yours to the world and 
God knows you have a lot of different platforms where you certainly could have been like, hey, folks, just I'm doing this thing. And you chose not to. I don't know. <laughs> not really. I mean, like, <laughs> it just seems like, what's the point? You know, I, I'm going to like build a page at my website just for if anybody's curious, you know, eventually like, yeah, this is what I did. And, you know, I don't necessarily recommend it, but it, it's a cool thing to do something big for you every week you know if that's a 10k that's really cool you should do that you know and I think I think there's something about the process of doing a small thing very regularly and having it add up to something that's bigger but yeah I don't know I just like I feel like I feel like the minute I would say hey I'm running 52 marathons this year I would fail you know like week seven uh, I just got <laughs> horrible shin splints I'm not doing it anymore and is all you know you never know if it's gonna if you're gonna finish until you get to like literally mile 26.2 of the 52nd one and you don't feel like it's going to happen you know I, I can see why people would do that because a lot of the people who do do things like this are doing it to raise money and it gives you this sort of narrative to keep people interested and say hey I'm you know running to raise money for this charity follow along and it does work I've done that before you know we're um, bicycling across America to raise money and you know it gives people something to pay attention to and you know it's giving Doing something ridiculous is a good way to raise money. I think um, it's you can't really get people that many people's attention if you just say, "Hey, you should give this charity some money." They're like, "Yeah, whatever." And then you're like, "Well, I'm going to do this ridiculous mountain climb or run whatever distance, you know." And you should, I'm doing it for this, um, so that's a reason to do it. But I, I didn't really have that. I wasn't really doing it to like raise awareness or raise money or anything like that. I just wanted to see if I could do it and see if it was. I don't know, became interesting. So I, yeah, I, I kind of just like, I didn't have, I maybe have a couple hundred people who follow me on Strava and even those people didn't seem like very impressed. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like anybody, like I'd put up marathon number 50 and nobody was like, yeah, way to go. You're almost there. It was just like cool photo. You know, nobody, nobody seemed super impressed. So I'm kind of glad, I'm kind of glad I didn't, you know, cause even if, even then, if I like got injured during number 51, it was like, Oh, cool. That's what I did this year. It wasn't like it wasn't like a big thing, you know, and, and, and there's research both ways about announcing big goals to people. And it works for some people to be accountable to a lot of people. But um, there's other research that shows that if you know, if you were to go on to Twitter and say, hey, I'm going to write a book, a lot of people will congratulate you for that. And you reap the psychological benefits of actually having written and published the book just by announcing it. And, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to follow through. So I'm always wary of that, you know, like saying something I'm going to do and then not doing it. So I just kind of like, well, what's what's the point? Do you know if I if I if I'm just doing this for me, then why would I announce it just because I like the attention? And like, sure. But then like, you know, because when you announce something big, unless you you know, it's not like people are going to check back on you. Like, hey, what happened to the thing you said you were going to do back in January 1st? <laughs> you know, they forget about it. They're bombarded with data and media all the time. So, and, and some people, you know, a lot of people who are runners use social media and um, even during like races and stuff. And, will, you know, they rely on, um, that's their support system, you know. And I, I sort of am just more in my own head and like, I don't know if that's old school or just, dumb or whatever, but I just kind of enjoy running away from my phone, so to speak, you know, not checking anything for several hours. And um, so didn't really have been in a place where I don't really need that any sort of encouragement from externally. Um, so yeah, I'm not saying what I'm doing is like the only way to do it, but that that's just why I just kind of was like, yeah, I don't really want to fail in front of a bunch of people. So it'd be cool if I just finished it and was like, okay, that's the thing I did. Let's talk about the injury part of it. As you said, it's like you could have had a great year, everything's going sweet, and then severely, you know, break your ankle on your 51st marathon. How how did this all work out from an injury point of view? Man, you know, I uh there's a line in somebody's ultra running book like I think it might be Brian Powell's Relentless Forward Progress or maybe somewhere else. It was somebody said, you know, like to finish one of these really long races, you know, you're going to feel like you're causing permanent damage to your body. You are probably not. And it's like, oh, I'm just <laughs> going to go just going to go with that, you know, and 
So in, in running a lot of the long races that I've done, I have like felt some pains where, or even in the middle of training, you know, where you're like, boy, is this knee thing gonna, gonna go away or this pain in my foot. And I had some weird knee pain early on in the year, like maybe in like January, February. And that just, I just kept going and it went away and then had some foot pain. I think I said something weird while I was riding my bike, just like riding my bike to get breakfast with a buddy and the next day I was kind of my foot hurt and that went that lasted for like six or seven weeks but eventually went away so it was it was like sort of just keep tabs on it and if things if it's not getting worse it's fine you know if if it's not getting better that's okay too but it'll eventually kind of work itself out and that's what happened so and I, I don't know I don't know if running slow has anything to do with that but that seems to work for me um and then Lots of varied, you know, I wasn't running like a flat marathon every week. It was like do a lot of them in the mountains or just on, you know, trails. So you're having, you're not having this like repeated impact. That's the same thing like you do when you're running on the road. And I think the last maybe seven or eight of them ended up being on roads with not very much elevation gain. So got kind of used to that. But yeah, no, no real injuries to speak of. What were you doing to kind of supplement the running or to avoid alignment issues or overuse issues? I mean, were you, were you doing anything else, any type of lifting or stretching, et cetera, as part of your program to try to actually bring this on to completion, you know, over 12 months? Uh, no, (laughs) nothing, just (laughs) running. No, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I like, I, you know, I I realized early in the year I was like doing some pushups and stuff, but then I just straight up just didn't do anything the rest of the year. So yeah, not really. I mean, did some yard and some landscaping. Like, yeah, spread some mulch, like get some mulch delivered, you know? Yeah, mulch, yeah. A little bit of woodworking. Yeah, so. It's it's kind of a variation of like Rocky's training, you know? I mean, granted, he went to like Russia and was like chopping down. Yeah, but you were like mulching. You were mulching. It had to be done, you know, you, you know, like that was, that was one of the things I think worked for me was that I, I figured to me, if I was going to do these, I could not come home and, and tell myself that was a really big deal. And that just kicked my ass. I had to be like, okay, I'm fine. You know, like this is what you're doing tomorrow. You're not going to sit around with your feet up and like, you know, moaning about how much your legs hurt. You know, you got to like, this is kind of something I did while training for ultras too, where you're like, all right, move on, you know, like, don't act like you can't take the dog for a walk. Don't act like you can't like, you know, do a little bit of yard work or whatever. And, you know, so I would try to tell myself it wasn't a huge deal. And that, that sort of, I think that sort of works for me. I don't know if that works for other people, but it was like, yeah, don't, don't act like it's a big deal. This is what your body's going to do every single week. So just get used to it. And, you know, it did. I don't know. I think about it like your body is like the piece of, you know, like you're a blacksmith and you're just hammering it with running and you need to learn how to do it in a way that's not going to break the metal. Like, you know, the hammer is the running and it's like, bam, bam, bam. And eventually you end up in the shape that you can do these things. If, you know, yeah, maybe you'll have some injuries where, where you break, break the metal and you got to start over and like, figure that out and figure out what works. But yeah, I feel like you're just like, I'm just going to make myself into a machine that does this. So what would you then say was the hardest part of this project? We talked about trying to avoid injuries. We talked about just the time, right? The, just the, the time allotment. Um, There's the psychological element of how about I just give up on this stupid thing and not do it? Was it one of those three things or something else that was the most difficult? Yeah, I mean, I would say trying to keep it interesting was probably the most difficult thing because it, Hmm. you know, it's, I ran something like 16 marathons in, like right out my front door. And a lot of those were late in the year. Um, I ran, I think, yeah, I ran 10 marathons at one park in Denver that, like, that I just go to all the time um, on Green Mountain but it has some elevation gain and is like, you know, it's an easy commute. And like that, that got boring. Um, I ran, geez, I think I did. Yeah, I did one early in the year. I needed a place to get a bunch of elevation gain to run a hundred, you know, to train for a hundred mile race. So 
you know, you sort of want to run 50 miles before you run a hundred. So I think it was like a month beforehand and I was going, okay, I need to do 50 miles, you know, this weekend or this week or whatever. And where am I going to go? And no trails were dry, but there's this one dirt road that goes up to the top of green mountain in Lakewood near Denver. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to crank out laps on this dirt road, you know, cause it's, it's a road. It, when it gets wet, you don't care if you're like leaving footprints in it and you know, sort of the way you would if you were running on a, on a wet trail and you were ruining the trail. So it's a two mile stretch of road and it goes up to the top of this mountain. I just did laps on this thing until I got to 52 miles. I was just like, and, and at the same time, I'd be like, God, thank God I don't have to run on a treadmill. You know, like people are, people think treadmills are boring. I, I do too. And, but now I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I am cool just doing this two mile stretch of road, like whatever, 26 times, like an idiot, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it got repetitive. I mean, one one time late in the summer, I ran every single trail at no, I ran every single trail at two different park, two different county parks up in the in the foothills. It was just like, and you're just like looking at your phone, being like, oh, I should run that extra 200 feet of trail that goes out to that other trailhead parking lot, just to say I've done them all. And you're like, it's just huh. ridiculous. So, <laughs> okay, what was the best part of this project? Like, was it? now being able to say that you did it or was it actually were there elements along the process where you're like this is actually great or this is the part that's great man you know i think like the the contrast were probably like just the 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 amount of experience you get in that that amount of time because i did uh, one of the hundred mile races I did was the, the Hellbender 100, which I was supposed to pace Forest in, in, was it March? Is it March or April? It was April in North Carolina. I was going to pace him and he hurt his foot. And I just had sort of jokingly said, oh, maybe I'll just like step in and take your, take your bib. And he said, that's a great idea. And <laughs> so I ended up running it and I was in, oh, you, yeah. I, I had enough advance notice that I was able to be in shape for it. But, you know, I was in the middle of the night. It was probably like, 2 a.m. and I hadn't seen another headlamp, another house light, another car. Like, I don't even think you could see stars that night. So it's just pitch dark and I'm in the middle of this really thick forest in the Black Mountains in, in North Carolina running by myself. Be like, Cause there's only, I think 75 people started that race. So you get pretty spread out and you don't see people. So I've gone like two hours, I haven't seen anybody and it's just, and I'm just moving and I'm just really happy. Like I'm still going, this is like mile, whatever, 55 or something feeling okay it's about to like start getting really hard for me but it's dark and, and i'm having this moment of just moving through the woods you know thinking this is super cool and the, at the same year in this marathon project i get into the new york city marathon and i run the new york city marathon with fifty-three thousand other people and i don't know how many people show up to cheer for that thing but it is it is amazing and it is the absolute polar opposite of running in the woods by yourself in the middle of the night. It is like this incredibly social, enormous event that is such a big deal to so many people. And, you know, people are having like, this is the big thing they're going to do or like this year, or this is one of the, you know, the big marathons that they want to do in their lives, you know, and and I'm out there and my mom says, good luck this weekend. And I go, oh, another weekend, another marathon, mom, ha ha ha, you know, and and you get there and you see what a big deal it is to have so many people and it 53,000 people hell of a lot different than the 75 idiots who are running around North Carolina in the middle of the night, you know, um, and it, it's an incredibly different experience, but they're both, they're both quote unquote running. Right. So yeah, it was just, it was just cool. And I did also did the Missoula marathon and then we ran the Colfax marathon in Denver, which starts an hour or a, a mile from our house. We just walked over, ran the marathon, walked home and that was cool, <laughs> you know, and just to see how, how different people, what these things mean to people is, is really cool. So when you say we ran the Colfax marathon, who, who's oh, the Hillary, Hillary ran it okay. with me. So she ran the Missoula marathon with me. And then we also did a, a 50 K in Lakewood near Denver here. So she did two marathons and a, and a 50K this year, just basically when I said, hey, you want to do this? Sure. Okay. So, <laughs> so if you had to choose, what would you nominate for being your favorite run of the, the 52? Or, Ooh. well, the I mean, 
we'll call it 52. I mean, there weren't 52 distinct efforts since some of these were 100 milers that rightly mm. count as three. Huh. Favorite or most memorable? You know, I think the last like five miles of the last one was probably the best. Or maybe the last, <laughs> the last four miles. Because it was, it was just, I had, it had been raining for like, what, two and a half, three hours. And I was finally going to be done. Um, it was dark. You know, it had gotten dark and I hadn't seen very many people. And I'm just in the middle of this big city park in the middle of the city and running around like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wet, but I'm not quite cold enough where I'm going to freeze, but just at the edge of like, this is going to be a problem. And I'm like, gonna, I'm finishing it. And I'm just thinking, you know, like if this was in a movie, it'd be like, uh, you know, I would be some guy training for some like big sporting event. And then the, you know, the, the narrative climax of the movie would be me in this moment of like sports, whatever, digging deep. And I just kind of thinking mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's not what it's like for most of us. Most of us, it's just like, this is the good shit, the grind, you know, like this is mm -hmm. where you should be. It's not, it doesn't work well for dramatic purposes, but it, I thought, yeah, this is kind of what I've been doing. This is cool. So yeah. And then I went home and showered and got a deep dish and <laughs> great. So that was cool. Uh, I, did I, did I like the entire thing? No, I, the first 22 miles that day just sucked, you know, it was just horrible, huh. but yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're all, there were so many great, things that happened but never never was all 26 miles that fun new york yeah. new york city was the closest to being fun for a long time funniest moment there's a guy in missoula who pulls a grand piano out into his front yard and plays the grand piano in a tuxedo during the missoula marathon that's pretty cool that's amazing there was another guy who God, you start out in Frenchtown and you just, they bus you out, out of town and then you run into the city basically. So you're kind of out there in a really quiet rural area for quite a while. And there was a guy at like mile two and a half or three. And it was, it's super quiet. All you hear is like, you know, and it's already spread out pretty good and there's not a ton of people around and you're just like jogging and it's Hillary and I are just, you know, clomping along and you just hear this person screaming from literally a half a mile away. And it's just some guy out there. And I don't know what his story was, but he was so psyched. And I was, and he's high-fiving people and he's, you just <laughs> kept going. It was just this never ending font of enthusiasm. And he, I was like, I got to high five this guy, you know, when I go by and of course he, of course he almost knocks you over with the high five and he's just screaming like, yeah, nobody, no pain today, blah, blah, you know, like at the top of his lungs. And it was incredible. Huh. And you could not, you couldn't get past this guy without smiling. There was no way. And I started calculating in my head, how long is he doing this? Cause the race just mm. started and I don't know if it was at mile four, you know, say there's some people, you know, maybe got a slow start or whatever. And they're like, doing 15 minute miles. So he's out there for an hour just screaming. And I like, that was really admirable. I mean, it was incredible, but it was also extremely, uh, strangely uplifting, you know, in a way where you were, you were just laughing. You're like this guy is literally the most psyched person I've ever seen on the side mm -hmm. of a marathon course. So that was a good he's, moment too. That is a good moment. Yeah. He was pra practicing maximum enthusiasm. <laughs> oh my God. He was, Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder what happened after that. Did he just like collapse into a lawn chair and like just pass out, you know, or, or did he just keep it up through the rest of the day? Like go to someplace else on, on the course or whatever. And it yeah. was awesome. I mean, it, I've never gone out to cheer for people running a marathon and that guy plus, you know, other people who come out and do things and all of New York city who just like all these people from literally, you know, every demographic come out and are cheering for marathon runners and, I just, I just, I know what kind of normal people we all are just running. And you have these other normal people being like, you can do it. And you're like, okay, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's cool. It's a cool thing. And that city especially is just insane. I see why people, I see why people want to do it. And so why it's so hard to get into and why people travel from all over the world to do it. And it's totally understandable when you're in the middle of it. You're like, God, this is huh. a really a special thing. What city marathons have you run? Oh, just uh, just did Denver. I did the original Colfax Marathon in 2006, and that was it. So I did so, three this year. So. so you have not done Boston. 
Oh, I don't know. I'm no way, dude. That's like you could do that. You could do that. You no, can qualify. You, no, you have to be. You got fast. this. No, got nor do this. I. Nor do I really. I don't think I want to. It's like it's a big goal, and it would be like, yeah, I don't know. That just seems like <laughs> it seems like I'd have to really focus on running fast, which would come at the expense of a lot of other things that I want to do, you know. And add so much pressure, and just to you'd have to qualify another race, and I don't know. It just. I, I don't know. There's I've been, other things uh, to do for me. You know, I've been I've been reading a lot of our friends uh Sanjay Rawal's mm-hmm. social posts about his 237 mm-hmm. marathon and according to Sanjay, it's really just about the having the right attitude, Brendan. I think you got this. I had lunch with him right after the New York City marathon. Oh, great. He did not at all try to talk me into running the Boston marathon, so <laughs> he knows where I'm at. But yeah, he's well, fast. He's like he's a he is an athlete at 45, like crushing out that, that time. So, yeah. Yeah. But he also well, passed I, out at mile 26, like I know. And collapsed in the race. So I know, yeah. I know I, I need to get kind of the, I might need to get the play by play on that experience. That sounded pretty wild. Well, he said, Oh, apparently it's a good idea to drink water during those things. And I looked at his pace and I'm like, I don't know how you can drink water running that fast. I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. That's like a whole different sport. Well, anyway, to all of Brendan's friends listening to this, I think we just all need to collectively start working on him. We can we can wear him down. Brendan in Boston, the people want it. Yeah. The people want to see it. Why, why don't you do it? Well, you know, that's you're a closer good to running the Boston Marathon than I am. Uh, I you literally just got done running 52 marathons in the past year. You want to know how many I ran in the past year? Zero. Yeah. You know, there's a quote my friend Alan told me, and it is some people are rested. We'll arrive rested or ready. <laughs> people will arrive rested or ready, and we'll be rested. So you're rested. You're ready to go. I am. Ver- I am rested for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll keep. Uh, we'll keep thinking through this. Um. Now, this is going to be kind of a, you know, tricky slash ironic last question, but 2020 then. Now, on the one hand, you've already told us that you don't like to, you know, go public with your plans. Do you have, have you been thinking seriously through certain projects that you might like to perhaps perhaps try to attempt in 2020? Uh, I mean, I want to do some more races but i actually have to do some skiing so oh 2020 ski more a little yeah a little bit of skiing so yeah i do some races and like i want to do some more ultra marathons some shorter ones not not 100 miles so we'll see see how it shakes out but yeah i'm gonna keep keep jogging in 2020 keep jogging in 2020 what are your goals it's a good question um I started, you got me thinking about, and like I will confess, I was not thinking about this whatsoever until we started the conversation. I don't know that I'm going to have any like specific running goals through the winter, since again, like a significant part of my job is to ski a lot and review skis. Mm -hmm. But I I am curious about once I'm wrapping up ski season, maybe I should try to do something like, you know, my, my very modest goals I could do something like a marathon a week, but this would be, you know, maybe I won't do the don't change clothes, but even just total mileage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, wildly modest goal, but I've just never been on a running program where it's like, I have to get this amount of mileage done in a given week. I sort of run when schedule permits and I build that running around bike riding and lifting and that kind of thing. So it's always running is a part of what I do. It's never been like, I'm going to pull this mileage every week. There's that. I find it easier to motivate yourself to run more if you are terrified of an event that you've signed up for that is yeah in the future. So maybe that would, maybe that is what drives the mileage for a lot of people. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's right. So I don't know. This is still, um, Maddie Hart is always, she's always pushing me to like sign up for races, do this thing with her and that. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm we're, we're listening, we're talking. There's, there's <laughs> negotiations happening, but. You be uh, careful. She's a real runner. She is a real runner. No, it's terrifying. Um, she's also really nice though. So it's like, she might trick me, you know, like the niceness might trick me. It's like a sandbag. 
yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll sort this out. But um, well, listen, I do want to say I'm proud of you. I think this is real cool um, what <laughs> oh, you thanks. did. I really do. I, uh, you know, good on you. I can't wait to greet you at the finish line of Boston one of these years and just, you know, hand you a donut and be like, you did it, man. You did it. I don't, <laughs> don't, don't hold your breath. Sanjay. I'm recruiting you, Sanjay. It's not, it's not like you can do that without trying. You, have, I mean, especially me. You have to try really hard, and like, I don't. Yeah, I'm not popping out three hour marathons. <laughs> I think that I think I'd have to run like way, way faster just to qualify, and that's I don't know. I don't know if that's in the cards for me. Okay, we'll yeah. see. Um, is there going to be a part of you that misses the consistency? Assuming you don't do this again in 2020, which I am assuming you you maybe wouldn't tell us even if you were, but is there going to be something about the consistency of this where you're like, wow, I'm not doing that now, and there feels something, I don't know, a little bit sad about that, or is it just like, thank God I'm not doing that now? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing like I won't be able to eat as much food, so <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. That, that part of me will miss it, I think. So I need huh. to keep the mileage up so I can eat. Well, on that note, yeah, thank you. Really, thank you for sharing. It, it took some cajoling, uh, but I do appreciate you um, talking through this past year of yours and uh, props to you for what you've done in the the Strava marathons, as, uh, as, you, as you put it. And uh, I can't wait to see what you do in 2020. Don't don't get your hopes up. <laughs> They're up. They're already up. Yeah. So uh, no no big deal. No pressure. But um, I'm sure it'll be fun. Whatever you get after, we'll see. We'll see. I appreciate your uh, your enthusiasm. I'm I'm working on practicing my maximum enthusiasm. <laughs> okay. So so uh, thank you for being a catalyst for it. Yeah. All right, man. I will let you go. And uh, but this was fun. And I'll talk to you real soon. Well, that's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. Thanks to Brendan for the conversation and the inspiration. Thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then we would definitely encourage you to subscribe to the Blister Podcast and to our Off the Couch Podcast. Tell your friends about the show and leave us a nice little rating in iTunes. Because really, truly, that's all we want for Christmas. And then let us know in the show notes to this episode what goals you're kicking around right now or that you've already settled on for 2020. Thanks, everybody, and we will talk to you again next week.